Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. We continue with the gospel reading, also done by Wednesday Morning Bible Study. Jesus said, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You are also to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe me about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Gospel of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. The sermon, The Valley of Dry Bones. So this is a common, fairly common Old Testament story. I wouldn't say it's the most well-known one. Maybe you know the name Valley of Dry Bones, but you don't really know the story behind it. So that's going to provide the basis or the jumping off point for the sermon this morning, and then we'll connect it to the gospel and we'll connect it to our lives today as well. In seminary, I remember my Old Testament class, Hebrew Bible it was called. As we got to this point, uh, learning about the scriptures and kind of what had happened in the past, I remember the professor saying, if you remember one date or one, you know, one date This is what I want you to remember. Remember the year 586-587. For so much of the Hebrew Bible, so much of the Old Testament is trying to understand the events that occurred at that time. While the Exodus story, Moses bringing the Israelites out of Egypt, that is so much of 
you know, those first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Man, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So much of the rest of it about the writings of the prophets, the Psalms, is trying to understand what occurred in 586-587. And I don't think you can underestimate its importance. And that is what the prophet Ezekiel is writing to the people about at this time. And we've mentioned it before, so I'm going to mention it again, but this is the Babylonian exile, about 597, 10 years prior. Babylonian forces came in, overtook uh, Judea, which is the southern kingdom of uh, the land that was settled, and the king of Judah and so many of its leaders were sent off into exile. They had to leave the land, could no longer live there. And then 10 years later, 586-587, in response to a a rebellion, those same Babylonian forces came in and they just destroyed Jerusalem, raised it to the ground. The temple, which is what was thought, this is where God dwells, very little was left standing. And another wave of Exodus had occurred, or people that were sent off into exile. And the people that remained, or the people and the people that were sent off, they literally were left wondering, what is going on? Is our God really the God? Because if this is the land, if what that was promised to us, and it could be defeated, we could be defeated, then has everything that we put our hope in been for naught. Is God really God? Has anybody ever wondered that question to themselves, aloud or quietly? Is God really God? This is why I think scripture, while it can be very hard to understand, is so relevant for our lives today. Because if you have some kind of question, I'm willing to bet you are not the first person to ask that question or to have those thoughts, have those doubts, have those wonderings. Is God really God? And this is the context that Ezekiel is speaking into. It's why we have this valley of the dry bones. And so what Ezekiel does, his, this writing comes really in two parts. We have first a lament. We have a crying out of the situation that they are in. That's why it's the Valley of Dry Bones. The life they thought they were supposed to have is not occurring. There has been death. There has been devastation. There has been destruction all around them. It feels dry. Waste, you know, this vast wasteland that they are immersed in. And so Ezekiel at the beginning just named these, names these things. And you could hear it. And set me, when he says, he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me around them all. And they were very many lying in the valley and they were very dry. Right? What notice when something is dry, what's missing? Water. What something that gives us this life? You know, anybody have a plant at home that you haven't watered in a while? Right? And I'm just talking in the past. I mean, right now, look around your home. Are there plants that need water? (laughs) 
I see some people nodding their heads. Right when that plant needs water, if you noticed what happens to it, just wilts. The cells in it, I mean, if you could see them under a microscope, which is what we did when I was teaching uh, seventh grade science, you could see cells that didn't have enough water in them. They shrunk and they didn't have uh, any strength to them. And so the plant or whatever that was part of really just wilted and it had no life within it. And these bones were dry. And so in some level, Ezekiel is naming this feeling of lifelessness around them, of hopelessness, of helplessness that they are experiencing. But he doesn't leave them there. And he gives them words of hope. And I don't know about you, could anybody use words of hope today? Because I think at some level, right? Thank you, people raised their hands. We have experienced over these last 15 months some, a type of exile also, haven't we? How many people have not been able to go into work? How many people have not been able to go into school? How many people have not been able to go to church? You know, I asked this morning as I sit in the sanctuary, many of you haven't been at church since March 15th, right? That was the when this whole pandemic started, when we had to say we are no longer going to meet physically together in our building. We have been exiled from our time of community with one another. And how many people through this pandemic are feeling dry, are feeling like life has been sucked out of them? Not just metaphorically speaking, but how many hundreds of thousands of people just within our own country have been killed because of this pandemic that we are in the midst of. And so part of what is important about this reading that I thought it was good to read this, this Ezekiel passage is to name the reality that we are in, that we're on our way out of, but we're not there yet. So when you cry out to God, when you lament, you are in good company. It is things that have been done for centuries, for millennia, right? For thousands of years. And also for this gospel reading, can you imagine what the disciples are going through as well? This John reading 14 comes from the night prior to him being betrayed according to the gospel of John. Jesus is about to be uh, betrayed, crucified, and killed, and their world is about to be turned upside down. They are not going to know which way is up. They are going to have that feeling of, wait a minute, where we put our hope seems like it is lost, it is hopeless. Everything has been turned upside down. And so these words of Jesus to them are to reassure them for what is to come. Same way in which the words that we then get from Ezekiel are words of hope that the way things are will not remain. And I think these are words that we need for us this morning as well. The way things are will not remain. We trust that God will act again. 
that even though breath has been taken from us, where we have to wear masks, when we are in certain situations now, it may not be as common, but it's still needed at times. As our breath has been taken away, we trust the breath of God will come into us. And that's what's interesting about this reading also. When you hear this word breath, while I talked about water being you know, life-giving, when we hear the word breath in Ezekiel, it harkens back to where we hear that word breath giving life in older stories from the Old Testament as well, particularly from Genesis 2, these stories of creation of Adam and Eve, as God forms Adam out of the clay, out of the dust. The final act of God to bring Adam to life is to do what? To breathe life into him, to animate his body. That word breath, whether it's from Genesis, whether it's from Ezekiel, can mean spirit, can mean wind, can mean breath. That even though we might be living, unless we have the Spirit of God breathed into us, we are not truly alive. And so our prayer, our hope on this Pentecost Sunday again is to say, God, breathe your life into us animate our lives so we aren't just essentially existing through the day does anybody feel like that sometime we just are existing through the day when everything has been taken away from us and to say god breathe into us your new life breathe into us your breath and animate us so we aren't just existing but we have filled with meaning and purpose to go out and truly live and to proclaim that life for everybody. It isn't just for a small select group, but it is for every one of God's creation, every part of it. We want God's breath to come. So that is my prayer for us this morning. To name the reality in which you might feel you are in the way Ezekiel does that. And to hear words of hope that the way things are, are not going to remain, that a new day is coming and we pray for God's breath to be given to all of us, God's spirit to be with us as we live into the new day that is to come. Amen.